Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS. And I'd like to introduce the host of this week's episode. He's the editor of Business West. Here's Joe Bednar. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Business Talk. We have such a great show for you today. But first, we have this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we're back. And as promised, we have a great show for you today. Our guest is Ashley Cole, the founder and owner of Ohana School of Performing Arts. Happy to have you here on Business Talk, Ashley. Thank you for inviting me, Joe. It's great to talk with you. Yeah, I've, um, I've talked to you many times in the past. Uh, you were a co-MC of, with me for 40 Under 40. A few times you were a 40 mm-hmm. Under 40 honoree yourself. Um, just a lot of, a lot of cool stuff in, in our past year at Business West. Um, yeah, we had fun doing that for sure. Yeah, um, and 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 we've and we've and you've spoken many times about um, um, about your story. Um, recently, um, I, I saw you at the Super Sixty um, event that the Springfield Regional Chamber holds every year, and you were the keynote speaker. And you um, you talked about the idea that obstacles are detours in the right direction. And um, can you talk about some of those obstacles in your life and the directions where they eventually pointed you? Yeah, I absolutely can. Um, well, first, Joe, I just want to say that you're such a great storyteller. And so I, I love reading all the stories you share about people in business and beyond. So thank you. It's really um, so great to speak with you. Well, it's, um, great to, it's great to share great stories. So like- <laughs> well, I love it. Thank you. Uh, the quote actually came from Gabrielle Bernstein. She's a New York Times bestselling author and speaker. And I, I read a book and that was the theme of her book was obstacles or detours in the right direction. And when I read it, I it was when I needed to hear that in my life to trust that everything was happening as it should, even though it was scary and felt like my life was falling apart. Um, so when you had heard me speak, Joe, I, I went through all the details, the many details of all the different obstacles, but I can do a little Cliff Notes version. Um, so the first obstacle is when I auditioned for a TV show, So You Think You Can Dance. It was my dream. I fell and didn't make the cut. But in my heart, I thought if I don't get on the show, I don't know what my life purpose is. Uh, a month later, I auditioned for um, Mass Appeal and ended up getting the job, which was not on my radar. But you know, if I hadn't fallen at that audition, I never would have auditioned for Mass Appeal. Um, and then another obstacle came when I... After six years of working in television, I wanted to change my life because my marriage was falling apart. It was really toxic um, and I was really unhappy, but I didn't want to go through any big change on television uh, as a TV host. Yeah. So I um, I did a story for kids of all abilities um, that were taking a dance class. I was a dancer and... I broke down and I was like, this is what I'm meant to do is work with kids through dance. Um, and so as I decided to quit my day job, I decided to dive into being a business owner, which was really scary because I wasn't in a position to do that. Um, and then, you know, the, then here we are now, I'm eight years in as a business owner, but um, survived a relocation that was unexpected, um, survived a global pandemic, as many small business owners um, can relate to how hard that sure. was. Um, and then leading to the, the uh, 
other obstacle that I'm actually kind of in right now, which was when my landlord told me in July that uh, he was selling the building I was in. And so um, the obstacle was you, the future isn't promised where you are. Um, and so I decided to purchase the building. So our closing date is December 14th. Now that'll mean more, more space for you, I believe. It will. So the, the um, fine print of it was, you know, I'm selling the building, but it's the whole parcel, which includes your building and the building next door, which is another a roughly 6,000 square foot building. Um, and you have to buy both. And so, um, yeah, I guess the the goal now is how do we create a campus for Ohana to bring more joy and happiness to the world through dance? And so we are expanding. Just to kind of add a little um, context to this, um, this isn't the first time that you've come across a a, uh, I guess a, a property owner's decision um, because you were in South Hadley at first and you know you were basically evicted from that from that I, I'd love to, he to hear a little more about that story because I, I talked to you years ago when I wrote a story for Business West about you and what a challenge that was and how you came through that tell me a little bit about that to kind of like as I said lend a little color to what's happening now I would love to speak about that because um, I think this story will help people I breeze through that in my cliff notes <laughs> but um, when I right when I became a business owner in 2016 um, I was in a, a really difficult place in my life. And three years later, less than three years later in 2019, it was March of 2019, actually, I received a letter from my landlord saying that you have until April 1st to essentially get out. The building's been sold and it will be demolished because the um, the company that purchased it wants the land. So I was given a month. And anyone who's uh, knows anything about uh, being a dancer in a dance studio, your recitals are in the spring. So we were deep into rehearsals for recitals. I had, you know, over a hundred students that were counting on this and I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, and so that was very, very scary. And I thought this is the worst thing that could ever happen. This is a nightmare. Uh, and I relocated. I found the building that I'm in now, which is in Chicopee, 41 Sheridan Street. So I relocated here in March of 2019. But our community of support came together and I hired a great contractor and we were able to make it work and happen. Uh, so that was really terrifying. And I didn't know if I would even survive it. I thought I might have to close my doors. I, I have nowhere to go. And I also didn't have the capital because I was a relatively new business owner. I was less than three years in still figuring out how to do things. I, I still am, but you know, I've learned a lot along the way. So no, this, th that was, that was definitely one of the biggest obstacles for sure. And so now just this past July, my landlord called me up and said this, basically the same thing, you know, that, that the building that you're in, there's no, I, it will be sold to someone else, which me, would mean I could be evicted again, or my rent could go up so much that I would not be able to afford to stay. So um, I just thought, well, here we are again. <laughs> I'll just face this obstacle head on because I want to make sure that our community of of dance, our families are guaranteed a place to call home. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the other thing you uh, just glanced over, but um, um, obviously it was a big deal. It was the pandemic. I mean, that affected business owners of all kinds. And I think you had, uh, you, uh, you had lost some membership and there was uncertainty about, about the model going forward. I mean, what was that like coming out of that? 
Oh, yes, that was. Yeah, that I I always say, you know, the pandemic was so hard, but we all felt it in some way, whether you're a small business owner, you work in healthcare, you're a first responder. I mean, it was it was heavy for all of us. So in no way is my struggle, uh, you know, it was felt by all. But the biggest challenge was that I was in a service based business that really focused on connection and being in person. And so it was hard because we had to close our physical doors. We turned to virtual dance education, but it was not received well because rightfully so kids were learning remote. The last thing they wanted to do after being in school all day on a computer was go on their computer to take dance class. So even though we didn't charge tuition, we waived all tuition fees uh, and just relied on whatever funding was available. Um, A lot of students dropped. So we lost 40% of our student base uh, yeah, it, it might have even been more. I don't know if I, I'm not the, I know there's 60% and 40%. I believe it was 60% of our student base we lost and then 40% of revenue. I might have those numbers flip flops, but either way, it was a hit for sure. Yeah. And we, you know, we really had to try to figure out a way to rebuild. So, um, kind of, uh, what, three and a half years on from that, um, it, it has uh, the, the business sort of stabilized, um, from at least that initial impact? Yes, it has. I I worked really hard. I say I, but we, you know, our team here, um, the office staff and all the teachers just worked really hard to obviously market the business, but more than anything, create a safe space for people to learn how to dance, but also to connect with one another. And in this time, I think, you know, more... I feel personally more than ever with the challenges that kids are facing in school post pandemic, the world and the state that we're in, we need positive relationships and connection more than ever. And I believe that Ohana has really rebuilt because it's provided this sanctuary, this place where you come as you are, you're accepted as you are, but more than anything that hate is not tolerated here. And so I take that very seriously. And I believe that is why we've been able to really rebuild and and grow from the pandemic is because of what this place is and, and how it changes people's lives. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking today with Ashley Cole, the founder and owner of Ohana School of Performing Arts. Um, I vividly remember when I spoke to you for a story, I think it was about four or five years ago, um, about that vision you had, which when you created it, this is before the pandemic and all the challenges, but you really created this, the place to be an inclusive and positive place for people. I mean, it, it's uh, kind of speak to what, what that was the initial, um, initial thrust of it, right? It was exactly because what I, I felt and just to kind of just put into perspective when I was younger, Uh, In middle school, I was bullied pretty badly. The guidance counselor, I always say he was my best friend, Mr. Freeman. I ate lunch with him every day. I cried. I didn't want to go to school. It was really hard. And I, coming out of that, I went to performing arts high school. And it was where I found myself, where I realized I could be who I was in a safe place. And people celebrated me for exactly who I was. I didn't have to change or fit a mold. And I'll never forget that environment and what it did for me. And so when I created 
Ohana, I called it Ohana because Ohana means family where no one gets left behind or forgotten that you show up as you are and you're accepted as you are. And I'm trying to not start crying because I feel so deeply about having a place where people can belong and matter. You know, we don't just take attendance and go through the list and say everyone's name. It's we take attendance, make eye contact and make sure that everyone knows that their presence here matters and they they make a difference in the world. And that is so important to me because coming from where I was as a, a kid in middle school and what it, what it felt like to not belong, I don't mm. ever want people to feel like they don't. That's amazing. Um, you know, people sometimes um, hear about the, the dance world. And just as somebody who's outside of it, I, I think there's a, um, um, a per- perception of it. Sometimes it's kind of a hyper-competitive sort of um, place. And you're talking about, you know, um, craft, crafting a place where people can improve their skills, but in sort of an accepting and uplifting environment. Do you feel like that's, that's rare in the dance world? I, you know, un- unfortunately I do, but I have to say I am good friends with a lot of local studio owners and they are wonderful people and they are uh, incredible business owners and they create safe spaces for their dancers. Mm, I, I think it's different though, because we're not a competitive studio. We focus, the focus is more on um, obviously quality dance education, but providing opportunities to grow as people I don't want to say other dance studios don't do that, but because we don't go to dance competitions on weekends where our performance team is going to charity events and performing, we're spending our time raising money for charity through the work we do. And so it's more of a focus on that versus competition. Now, I believe in dance competitions. I do. I think they are for the dancer that wants to grow and really take dance seriously. And there are so many amazing dance studios that provide that. Ohana is not one. We don't do dance competitions, but I do believe in the benefits of it. And I do believe and know there are many dance studios that do compete that are really, really wonderful and amazing. So I just think the model that we offer is focused on more of of growing as a human and focusing on values and giving back versus pursuing a career in dance, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you do you specialize in in certain types of dance and and, and what's the age range of your students? Uh, age range is as young as twelve months, parent and pookie, as old as we partner with South Hadley Council on Aging. So wow. you'll see dancers over eighty on stage. So it really is an all ability. So you know every age to every ability, and everyone deserves to dance. Everyone deserves to get on stage and dance. And I think it's, you know, I'm here on this business podcast, right? And I own a dance studio. And I think many people think of, if you're not a dancer, if dance is just kind of being like a fun hobby, right? For me, it's changed my life. Dance has has been such a source of, of self-expression, but also an outlet that has really saved me. Hmm. And I think no matter who you are, when you watch performance on America's Got Talent or any dance show or live on Broadway, it does something to you. It makes you feel, and that's powerful. When, you know, when when you've got, have a lot of experience with students, what are some of the reasons why people take up dance and kind of part two of that question is what would you tell someone who might want to do that, but maybe is intimidated in some way? Well, 
I think people start dance, of course, because it's just fun. You know, everyone knows that you go to a wedding, even if you've never taken a dance class, being out on the dance floor, it's just, it's just fun to move your body. But people take dance for many reasons, for exercise, for socialization, for connection. Uh, a lot of kids go into dance because they admire dancers that they see on TV and on stage and want to be like them. I remember discovering my passion when I was two years old, when the teacher put me in the back line and I got on stage and pushed my way to the front. I was like, this is where I meant to be, right? Uh, Which is kind of ironic that I pushed my way to the front to be in the spotlight. And now I don't want to be in the spotlight. I want to help everyone else get to the spotlight. But um, yeah, I think like, you know, really people take dance for many different reasons, but anyone that might be hesitant, especially adults who think, oh gosh, you know, I've always wanted to do that. I want to check it off my bucket list. I want to take a dance class. It, the adult program at Ohana is, is really big. It really is. It's, it's an amazing group of, of women. Unfortunately, we don't have any men right now, but we'd love to, um, you know, have more people join obviously, but they join because they, they want to try something they've never done in a safe environment. And we have various levels, but but I think many people are afraid or intimidated thinking, oh, dance studio, I have to wear a leotard and tights and have my hair in a bun. And I have to already know something. You come as you are. You can wear your jeans. You can wear your leggings, your sneakers, take a hip hop class. And there will be people in the dance class that will help you, support you. And and you connect with people and make friends. And it really is just so much fun. And adults perform on stage too. They're in the recital. And um, actually our adult hip hop class performed at the Thunderbirds on the ice last year. Wow. Um, and so, you know, they felt like, actually I performed with them too. So we, we were like, gosh, we feel like we're like, you know, at a, a big sports, it was a big sports event, of course, but like we're the halftime show. So it was really fun. It was really fun. That's awesome. Um, you know, with the um, um, with the larger space you're going to have now with with the with the, the property purchase, um, do you have a vision for uh, the way the um, your business might expand, the way your programs might might expand? I mean, what what does the future bring for Ohana? Yes, I do. I have so many visions, Joe. So many visions. <laughs> I, so the the biggest thing that I'm excited about is that it's going to be a much larger space. So every year we have an opening number, and it grows more. Po- it's really popular. Last year we had 70 dancers that signed up for opening number. Our studio space that we currently are rehearsing in is not big enough. Uh, so we re- we broke it up into several rehearsals and then we didn't go together until we were on stage. This space will be, this dance studio space will be 2,500 square feet, which is essentially four times our largest studio. It's going to be much larger. We're going to call it the garage. So the garage will be where we hold our larger scale classes, but also it's going to be a a venue for small scale performances, not large scale, but inviting parents in and making it feel more like a stage for dancers. So it gives more opportunity to be in the spotlight, to have that thrill of performance on a very small scale. And it also will be a great space for events, for charity events, to raise money, fundraisers, um, it just just different things like that, that our space here can't really provide because of um the the restrictions in terms of occupancy and what it can what it can hold um so this will be a game changer for sure and it will also have its own waiting room with closed circuit television so people can be in the waiting room and watch the class um 
taking place and it will also be ADA compliant. So it'll be accessible Mm -hmm. for all. And uh, it will also have an office there as well. So it'll have like its own kind of, you know, separate uh, space, but the buildings are right next to each other. So I was actually meeting with the architect and he's like, you know, we could, we could create a bridge to connect the two buildings. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, Al, I like the way you think, but I don't think that's in my budget. Maybe down the road. (laughs) For now they can walk outside to go from classes, class to class. But so, yeah, I think more than anything, the building could also down the road, hold more performance opportunities. I have lots of visions for it. Um, A recording studio. I'd love to have a space for um, voice lessons for just all different performing arts. Maybe even, you know, people can learn how to play guitar and kind of a hub of the performing arts. But the reason I can't jump into that right now is because my my kids, Summer is 11 and Brody is 10. They are in the thick of sports and I am a sports mom. So yeah. I can only give so much to my business right now. But when my kids are older, I will chase all those dreams. But I need to focus on them first and foremost. That's fantastic. You know, you have a, um, a slogan I've, I've heard you use before. You say, uh, peace, love and good vibes always. Make sure I get that right. You got um, it right. So, you know, in a world that sometimes lacks in those qualities, how do you manage the always part? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. It's mindset. It's it's feeding off of the joy that I receive when I make other people happy. When I do things for others and whether it's help someone out, um, I mean, there's so many different things, you know, put credit on someone's account just because I know they're going through something. Give my time to charity, volunteer, just do kind, kind acts, spread happiness, make someone smile. Those are things that fuel my soul and remind me every day that it's so important to contribute to other people's happiness. It makes me feel good about myself. I, I always wake up every day with a mission to leave something good behind and to make a mark on people's hearts. I I think so deeply about how do I want to be remembered and how do I want to help others? And I think that really, really has to be not just something we say and something we we put in a quote on our Facebook wall, but something we live and and realizing that when we give back and do good, it's us that wins. It's us that makes, that really feels better. Feel We feel happier doing that. Um, and so in terms of the always part, it's being grateful for everything I have, you know, to be free in America, to be doing what I love, to have healthy children. All those things are, I mean, I have all the blessings I could ask for. And so the least I can do is always spread peace, love and good vibes. That's a great answer. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you uh, at the top calling me a storyteller because that's that's what I love the most about my job. I mean, you got to be a storyteller on, on Mass Appeal all those years. Um, I, I'm very happy to share your story, which I'm a big fan of. Um, so, yeah, well, that's all the time we have. And I, I just really appreciate you coming on and, and, and sharing your story today and, and all your, your great visions for the future. Well, thank you, Joe. Keep sharing stories because you do great work and it's an honor to talk to you. I appreciate that. And thanks to all of you for tuning into Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm Joe Bednar, the editor of Business West, and we'll see you next time. 